Good morning. I want you to think about the last time that you panicked about something. I don't mean just got a little worried or even very anxious, but you were really gripped with anxiety, gripped with panic. Maybe you experienced a financial uh, uh, setback and were on the verge of losing your home. You get that letter in the mail from the mortgage company saying they're going to foreclose. Or maybe you suddenly realize that you missed an important deadline on, on a project or or uh, uh, some form that you had to turn in or whatever, and you realize there's no going back, there's no grace period, uh, you missed your chance. Um, we've taken uh, several teams on mission trips, our church has, uh, to Costa Rica, and there have been a few instances which brought on feelings of panic. On one of those trips, there were two teenage girls that uh, were on our team, and when we were done with the trip and we're ready to head home, we get to the airport, we check in, we go through the uh, to go to the gate at the airport, and we're there ready to board at the gate when one of the girls realized she didn't have her backpack, and her backpack had her passport, her boarding pass, her ID, everything else in it, and she couldn't board without that. And she went into a panic, uh, went into, you know, we're looking all over. She had it at the airport, um, uh, but she had lost it somewhere there and, and had no idea where. Uh, so, you know, talk about a situation for panic. You know, we all have those moments from time to time where uh, 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 something unexpectedly hits us from out of the blue, and there's a sudden realization or, or, or thought that, that just hits us in the face or just blindsides us, and, and you know, fear is right there with us. Uh, before we even have a chance to think or to pray, suddenly the worst-case scenario fills our mind. And often it's, it's, often it's compounded by a feeling, of, uh, uh, feeling that we're all alone in the situation. There's no one to help us. Now, when we think rationally, we realize that usually is not true. In fact, it's never true. Uh, but in the split second that it takes for panic to set in, we don't stop to think rationally. What we're feeling takes over and pushes any rational thinking aside. I mean, isn't that what happens when panic hits? Our emotions go from zero to 60 like that. Uh, and if it happens at night, it's just intensified by the fact that sleeplessness sets in and, you know, we're emotionally exhausted, we're physically exhausted, but we can't go to sleep. So we lie awake with our minds being bombarded by all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of what-ifs and all kinds of worries. In that moment, what you feel is panic. Panic is a very real emotion. It may or may not be based in rationality or reality, but the feeling is real. And the feeling may be lying to us, but it's a very real voice that is speaking to us. And when what we feel is panic, what we want desperately is peace. We just want some peace. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is moving from panic to peace. When panic strikes, there's a way that we can uh, 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 quiet that screaming voice that's, that's, that's screaming at us and, and, and getting in our face. 
Is there a way that we can quiet that and step into the peace which is ours in Christ, the peace that Paul talks about and Scripture talks about? And the answer to that is yes, you can step into the peace of Christ and walk in it. So then the obvious question is how? How do we do that? Well, we can look to the Apostle Paul for the answer to that. The Apostle Paul gives us some clear instructions As he sat imprisoned in Rome, not knowing what his future held, it was really an ideal recipe for panic. Uh, But instead, he stepped into the peace of Christ. And this is what he says. Philippians 4, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As we look at this, we see that it boils down to three choices that each one of us make. There are three choices that if we will make them, they will take us from panic to peace. Let's look at what they are. The first choice is the choice of our internal attitude. You may think of, you know, when Paul talks about rejoicing, and and, uh, you may think of that as an outer expression, which it is, but it comes from an, an, an internal attitude, which is our choice. See, while we can't always choose our feelings, we can choose our attitude. Paul says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, how could he command us to always rejoice unless it's a choice that we can make? We're fooling ourselves if we think we can't choose our attitude. Our attitude is something that stems from what we believe deep down. And if deep down we believe that Jesus is on the throne and that he loves us and that we belong to him and that he is a good God, then it becomes easy to choose an attitude of joy and rejoicing in spite of the temporary suffering in our lives. And by temporary, please don't think I mean short term. Um, honestly, you know, sometimes we go through long seasons of suffering. You know, what I, what I mean by, by temporary is that at some point there is an end to it. At some point it will end. But until that time comes, we can choose joy, even in the midst of our suffering. Remember, Paul is writing while imprisoned in Rome and facing an uncertain future. It may not always be easy. No one's claiming that it is, but it is possible, and it's worth pressing into. Not only will it help us experience peace within ourselves, but really it'll help us in our relationships as well. When someone is, 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 is joyful, and I don't mean a, a surface happiness, but I mean deep down joyful, a joyful attitude tends to bring out the best in people. People respond well to it. They want to be around it. It's infectious. So it's, it, it helps in our relationships with each other. 
The second choice we, ma- we make to move from panic to peace is the choice of external posture. External posture. This is our posture that we take toward other people. Verse 5 says this, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. This is a relational issue. It's speaking of our posture toward others. I, I, I want to focus for a moment on the word gentleness. Because the Greek word translated here as gentleness is difficult to adequately translate into English. It loses some of the connotation in the translation. It's been translated as um, gentle, yielding, kind, forbearing, lenient, all of those things. And it encapsulates all of those things, but none of those things fully captures the meaning. So let me read what the Expositor's Bible Commentary says about the word, the word gentleness that's used here. It says that it involves the willingness to yield one's personal rights and to show consideration and gentleness to others. Wow. When I read that, I thought, that couldn't be any more relevant to us today. I thought of all the news reports that I've heard of heated arguments and even violence because of people demanding their rights not to wear a mask or the refusal to practice some, such a simple thing as social distancing. Here Paul is saying we need to be considerate of each other. We need to be considerate of other people. We need to be willing to yield our personal rights for the sake of others. I mean, that's what a follower of Jesus does. That's what's going to foster peace and gentleness, both in our own hearts as well as in our relationship with others. Well, tensions are high right now. People are tired of being cooped up, tired of the disruption in their lives. They just want to get back to what's comfortable. They want to get back to the normal that they used to know. Let's take all of that into consideration and give grace in our relationships. Maybe you do have the right not to wear an or not to wear a mask. Maybe that is a right that you have. Why not yield that right in consideration of others? What will you really lose by putting others first in this? The truth is, though, it's not about masks. It's not about social distancing. It's not about being able to go to whatever restaurant you want and dine inside. It's about loving our neighbor, yielding instead of demanding. It's about saying, I love you enough that I'm going to give up some personal rights for your benefit just because I love you. That's a choice that each one of us can make. And that's a choice that brings peace. Because when we make that choice, we are refusing to participate in the strife and the anxiety that so often divides us. So to step into peace, whether you're coming from a place of of panic or just anxiety or worry, to step into peace, the first thing we do is we choose our internal attitude, and then we, ter- we choose our external posture, our posture toward people. 
But it can't stop there. There's still one more thing to choose if we really want to step into and walk in the peace of Christ. And the third choice is is to choose to take preventative action. Take preventative action. Verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. We choose to not be anxious. And we replace the panic, the anxiety, the worry with action, with doing something. And then he continues, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Whatever is causing you panic and distress, instead of letting it grab hold of you, why don't you grab hold of it and run straight to the throne with it? Prayer, petition, thanksgiving, just run straight to the throne with your panic and your worry and your anxiety and give it to God. The word for, that, that Paul uses for prayer here carries the idea of a worshipful attitude coming in with with a worshipful attitude. Petition is when we take our needs and we lift them up to God. We ask him to do something about it. We say, God, this is what I need. This is my situation. I ask you to do something. I ask you to change this. I ask you to change. I ask you to, to intervene in this situation. Let him know those needs. Those are petitions. And then thanksgiving is simply expressing our gratitude to God for what he's done in the past, for who he is in the present, and for what he will do in the future. When panic strikes, turn and fix your eyes on Jesus. Praise him. Thank him. Ask him. Let him know your need. Immerse yourself in the atmosphere of heaven. There's no panic in heaven. And when we immerse ourselves in that in, in, in the, the, the atmosphere of heaven, his peace will come and fill our lives. Prayer and praise are the pathway from panic to peace. When you begin to praise God and pray and thank him, his peace settles down over your heart. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That means there's no way we could, there's no rhyme or reason for it. Our situation hasn't immediately changed when we pray. It's just situation is the same, circumstances are the same. But yet the peace of God that transcends all of that says it will come, says it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When his peace comes in and settles over you, it will guard, it will stand guard over your heart and your mind, keeping the, 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 the panic and the anxiety and the worry, just keeping that at bay. Peace settles down over us as prayer and praise is lifted up from our hearts. 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter says this, cast all your anxiety on him. Doesn't say try to carry some of it yourself. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. 
Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We can cast our anxiety on him because he, we, we know he truly cares for us. We aren't to go around with our head in the clouds, oblivious to our surroundings, oblivious to our circumstances, and in denial of things. We stay alert so that we can recognize when the enemy is near. We stay in the word so that we can recognize when he comes to us with his lies. You see, the devil's target is your mind, and his weapon is his lies. The more we are grounded in truth, the more we are protected from his lies. So ask yourself, what's causing me panic? What's causing anxiety? Ask yourself, what's causing me to worry right now and bringing stress into my life? Ask yourself what's causing you, or what is rather what is robbing you of peace right now. And then let me ask this. What are you going to do about it? You see, the decision to go from panic to peace is yours. And I'm not saying it's an easy choice to make. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's easy to do. But the reason we're told to do it is because he gives us the grace and the power to do it. So if you want to go from panic to peace right now, I want to ask you to pray with me. Lord, I confess that I often let panic and fear control my life. I don't want to live that way anymore. I want your peace. So when panic comes, help me to choose your joy, which you give to me regardless of my circumstances. Help me to choose a posture of gentleness humility, and love toward others that I may begin to consider their needs first. Give me a heart of prayer and praise and thanksgiving that your peace would wash over me and guard my heart and mind from the panic which the enemy would try to throw me into. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, every week I like to end with a, a benediction, a blessing. So be ready to receive this. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you all. We miss you. Can't wait till we can be together again. Have a great week. And before we go, let's share one more song of worship together.